You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. We're in Romans chapter 14 today, and... Uh, this is the, the 18th message of the, of the series that I've been doing in, in Romans. I have two more to do. And uh, of course you know that we could do one of those every year for a few years and still not cover everything that's in Romans. Right? It's just to whet your appetite and let you know some of the good things that God is, is saying to us through, through the book of Romans. The church of Jesus Christ is made up of individuals at every possible level of spirituality. There are those who are fully aware of the freedom and the liberty they enjoy in Jesus Christ, and they live accordingly. It's a great way to live. When you know what the word says and you're living by the word and you're not bound by religious tradition and uh, all of that kind of stuff. On the other hand of the spectrum, of course, there are those who walk in fear of becoming defiled and contaminated with the world and they live accordingly. If that were the end of it, there would be no problem, really. One group is constantly being judged by the other. So Paul seeks to provide a balance in how we live our lives, live out the faith in Christ. Now I have lived through a lot of religious do's and don'ts in the Christian church in my lifetime. In some cases, not unlike the Jewish additions to the Mosaic law. Again, I must emphasize the importance of adhering to the word of God. The truth overrides my interpretation of scripture. I can read something and say, this is what I believe, and I know the Bible says this, but I believe this doesn't mean a thing. The Bible is what counts. What does the Bible say? Sometimes denominational bias can blind us to the truth. We are so indoctrinated in a certain doctrine, a way of teaching, that we are not open to anything else. We should be slow to criticize people in the faith for their spiritual stand. Make sure that we are not just abiding by what man has taught us rather than what God's word is actually saying. I don't have all the truth. And I'm constantly learning from others. 
Now, I think as you get older, you get a little stubborn in your ways. And so sometimes it takes me a little while to come around. But when I know that what I have believed for months, years, or whatever the case may be, is not quite lining up with what God's Word says, I am more than ready to follow the Scripture. We have different denominational churches so that groups of people can be united doctrinally. Every Bible-believing Christian should be unwavering in their faith. In the light that you have, in what you believe is truly what God is saying. Be unwavering in your faith, but be open enough to listen what the Holy Spirit is saying. And as you read your word, as you read God's word, sometimes the Holy Spirit will quicken you and you'll say, well, I never saw that before. And then you can study that out. You can check that out. You can do a word study. You can do a whole lot of things. You can, you can go to somebody who has, who you know has a different point of view altogether than what you've been believing all your life and see what they have to say. When I was in Bible college, the Pentecostal Bible college, they gave us what every denomination taught on every subject. And the professor never once said, now listen, this is what we believe, so this is what you must believe. But they always encouraged us, check it out. And so we, we, when we were given assignments many times, we had to form an opinion for ourselves based upon God's word and what we had studied as to what a certain text in scriptures. And usually those scriptures that they gave us were controversial scriptures. They were scriptures that hardly anyone could believe, uh, could, uh, could uh, agree upon, even in our own denomination. So it was very interesting. But we need to continually be digging into the Word of God. We need, you know, if you just go by books and by tapes and the DVDs and all of that stuff and never get into the Word of God for yourself, you're not going to be very bright spiritually. God has given us his word so that each one of us individually would look into that word to see what God has to say on a subject. We should be faithful to the light that the Holy Spirit has revealed to us. We differ in church governance, a host of doctrinal issues and methods, but we are united in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every Bible-believing group of people has that in common. And so that's a good place to start right there.
Although we differ in many cases in the Spirit's role in the, in the church today, we have much more that unites us than that which divides us. We believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we have much more that unites us than that which divides us. The Apostle Paul described uh, those who exercise their legitimate liberty as strong believers. Here in, in, in Romans chapter 14 and, and on in, into 15, the strong people were those who apparently had decided that they saw the light. And they, they knew that there were some things that because of, of, uh, of legalism, people were afraid to do or thought they shouldn't do. And they were very, uh, they weren't very uh, in line with that. They didn't, uh, they didn't treat those people real well because uh, they didn't believe the way that they did. Those who feel restricted in, in exercising legitimate li liberty was considered to be the weak Christians. And when the stronger believers, out of love for those brothers and sisters in the Lord, voluntarily um, restrict their own lives in order to help the so-called weaker brother or sister. It was found that the, the weaker brother was strengthened and the church was more in unity. And so when you come to the place like Colette Community Church, where you have Baptists and Alliance and Word of Faith and traditional Pentecostal and modern Pentecostal and many other groups. All of these things, if we were to begin to pin down all of our different beliefs, and start verbalizing our different beliefs, what do you think would happen? It would be a riot. But as I said in the beginning, we have more that unites us than divides us. You can have all of these doctrines, and if you're not born again, you're going to hell. And there's a lot of people that are not born again in Coal Lake. And so we need to be able to get together and pray together. That's why I'm asking us to pray this year more than we've ever prayed before. To be, have a lot of corporate prayer where we're getting together and praying and believing so that we can be a strong front in our community. I'm not impressed if every seat is filled here this morning or 
all of the seats that are empty here this morning. That's not the thing that impresses me. The thing that impresses me is when people are coming to the Lord, people are getting saved, people are getting healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what impresses me. And that's what impresses the heart of God too. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And any time we lose that focus, we are in danger of getting on that slippery slope of becoming a religious entity rather than a living, vibrating group of people that are in touch with God and led by the Holy Spirit and being a good influence on our community. I was supposed to try to get shorter today so that I could get out of here quicker, but I don't know if I will. Open doors and open arms. That's my first point. I don't know. Uh, but uh, anyway, the church was never meant to be a closed group. God desires that we be fruitful and multiply. That applies just as much in the spiritual realm as it did in the physical realm when God spoke to Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful and multiply. If we're not having babies in the spiritual, there's something wrong. We don't want to be a barren church. We want to be fruitful. And oh, I know. When you got a young church and when you got lots of new believers around, and they're just coming to the faith. And there's times when they come to me and and, uh, and they say, Pastor, I just want to show you what, what I saw in the Bible today. And they begin to read the scripture, and I've read it a hundred times probably, and, and yet it gladdens my heart to see, yes, they're getting a hold of it. They're getting into the word, and they're beginning to believe what God is saying. The fruit of the Spirit in my life will help produce growth in God's church. The fruit of the Spirit in your life will help to produce growth in God's church. When we just coast along and become religious and just say, okay, I'll, I'll get there whenever I can on Sunday morning, but everything else, I, I just don't have time for it. That don't help the work of the Lord. Some people can give Many hours to the work of the Lord. And if you have it, you should give it. Some people can give thousands of dollars to the work of the Lord. And if you have it to give, you should give it. But Jesus gave us a great illustration of the widow who put in two mites. That wouldn't even register on our calculators today and yet Jesus said she gave more than they all than all the rest did because she gave out of her need but the others had gave, given out of their abundance 
It doesn't mean that it wasn't appreciated what the others had done. But Jesus showed how important it is to be a giver. Whatever you can give. It doesn't matter what it looks like to you. God looks on the heart. And so Paul starts in chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. He says, accept other believers who are weak in the faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't. And those who don't eat certain food must not condemn those who do. For God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servant? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand. And receive his approval. Did you get that? I think that's very plain and very clear. So, as Hebrews says, let's keep looking unto God. The author and the finisher of our faith. Looking on to Jesus, it says, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that brought us into salvation. He's the one that will take us through to the end. Until the point comes when he can say, well done, good and faithful servant. Keep focused on him and his work. Keep focused on Jesus. As Christians, we spend too much time focusing on the negative and the what-ifs rather than focusing on him. Let's make some practical application to this. You see, I'm God's servant. I know I'm a shepherd of the, of the, of the flock and and, and, and the shepherd serves the sheep. But when all, everything's said and done, I'm God's servant, not yours. You're God's servant, not mine. We stand or fall before God, not before men. We are all answerable to God. So let's not judge or criticize if you are the strong in the faith, if you figure yourself to be strong, then take those weak ones under your wing and bring them to maturity. You say, oh, pastor, that's your job. Is it? Last time I looked in the Bible, God gave me to you to equip you to do the work of the ministry. We're all answerable to God. If you're strong in the faith, 
Help those that you feel are weak. Don't place a time limit as to when they should be strong. Oh, so-and-so has been a Christian now for a year. He should be walking on his own two feet by now. And then there's that other one there. He's 10 years following the Lord. He should be much stronger than he is. Let me let you in on a little secret. As a pastor, I've seen people who have been saved for one year that are more mature spiritually than some who have been saved for 30 years. You're saved for 30 years and you're not reading your Bible? Or if you read your Bible for the first five years and the last 25 you haven't, you're not mature. You have been in recession for a long, long time. I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm not saying that to shame you. I'm just telling you that in order to have the kind of life that God intended for you and I to have, we have to be in touch with him. We have to be communicating with him. You can't communicate. You can pray to your blue in the face. If you're not reading the Bible, how are you going to hear him? Let me tell you, not everyone that comes up to you and says, I got a word of prophecy for you, is going to be spot on. What about if someone tells you, God told me something for you, and this is what he told me. And it doesn't line up with the word of God. It's not where you're at at all. You're not going to get a word from the Lord from somebody else unless God has been speaking into your heart. And it'll be a confirmation. But God is not going to breach it to you from somebody else's prophecy alone. And so again, that's my case for sticking with the Word of God and getting into the Word of God, reading it for yourself. Romans chapter 14, verses 5. 5 to 5 and 6. In the same way, Something one day is more holy than another, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do it to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to the Lord before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please God and give thanks to God. The focus of these verses is that the weaker brother is the weaker brother, that one who is more easily offended by the practices of another. There are people all around us 
who see things differently than we do. Not everyone is going to agree with your standard or mine, and that's okay. I would be out of ministry for long ago if I was basing my ministry upon what people thought of me. You don't know how many messages I've gotten and letters complaining about something that I've said. That's why you find out that I have so much scripture in my messages. Because you're going to have to argue against the word of God if you're going to complain about what I'm teaching you. The Bible is clear that we should take care not to needlessly offend others. Whatever day we choose to worship, we are not to violate our conscience. I remember when they introduced shopping on Sunday. There was a time when everything shut down on Sunday. And I remember when they started opening up the stores for Sunday and and the talk going around and the, you know, the gossip. Brother so-and-so, I found them in Sears or I found them in, found them in Walmart. Or I don't know if Walmart was around then or not, but, you know, somebody went to the store. When I was growing up, if you played ball on Sunday, you were going to hell. The Holy Spirit will not lead you in opposition to the Word of God. When you listen to the Spirit in your heart, He will lead you in matters of conscience. In every issue that arises in life, I need to ask myself some questions based on the following scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 Stay away from every kind of evil. That's fairly clear, isn't it? Stay away from every kind of evil. Now, evil is not just something that is so, I mean, out of the horror movies. Anything that can bring hurt to God's work, to God's church, to God's people is evil. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Some of you believe that it's okay to have a glass of wine with your meal. But if you believe that, and you know there's a brother or sister that would be very offended to know that a Christian was drinking wine, don't flaunt that. 
against your brother or your sister? James 3, verse 2. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. If we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. The tongue is what gets us in the most trouble. Oh, some of my most blunders has been my tongue. Can I let you in on a little, be a little transparent here this morning? Before I gave my heart to the Lord, I had a vicious temper. I would fly off the handle and just, I would, well, I would curse a lot. But you know something? I find and sometimes, and I, I don't want to make excuses for anything. I could blame it on my diabetes, but that wouldn't be right. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, there are times when, you know, like I sort of get like, I guess you call it cornered or, you know, like uh, frustrated. And in times like that, I have to watch. Because when I open my mouth, usually something good don't come out. Well, let me just give you an illustration. Remember in the, in the, in the AGM, last, last AGM, I said, I opened my mouth and I said, we will never have a, a woman on the board while I'm pastor in Cole Community Church. I knew as soon as I opened my mouth that was wrong. I said that out of frustration. You know, we have to watch these things. And I'm not, I'm not preaching to you guys this morning saying, hey, like I've arrived. And I told, give you this illustration. I could give you lots more. But I don't want to give you fodder <laughs> to bring against me. But, you know, but that's the way it is. Let's be honest. So, you see, we make all kinds of mistakes, James says. But if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect. Well, we know the Bible says, James also said, that no man can tame the tongue. But God can. And if I submit my tongue to him. In the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you would never speak in tongues unless you surrender your tongue to him. So it's possible to do that, right? So we should ask ourselves, is this something that I can do to honor God? Does this honor him or does it dishonor, dishonor him? Can I do this with a clear conscience? Does this contain even the slightest hint of wrong or evil? 
Can I really say that this glorifies the Lord? Is this harmful to my mind, to my health, to my family, to others, or to his church? These are valid questions to help determine that which we allow or disallow in our lives. Time goes so quickly. Truth and consequences. Number two. Well, regardless of whether we are weak, a weak Christian or a strong Christian, there are consequences for the choices we make in life. In Romans 7 to 9, we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it is to honor the Lord, and if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. It is a fact that people are watching us. Our sons and daughters are watching us. Our friends and neighbors are watching us. Our co-workers are watching us. Not one of us are on an island to ourselves. I was a supervisor at Syncrude. And up to that point, I had lived fairly upright before the guys. One, just one incident. We were all in the lunchroom, and in Syncrude had lunchrooms scattered throughout the, the units and, and where you go in after you did your, your checks and everything. My office was there, and um, I had a few Christians on, on shift with me, and so we would have some great conversations, and the unsaved guys would be listening, and they'd be in the office too and everything. But anyway, this one guy was a little bit of a, a hothead, I guess. And I had, something had happened and I had called in something on the radio and he answered me back quite sarcastically. And I uh, spoke out of turn and I'll never forget, there was a course of Aha, as if to say, I knew you weren't what you professed to be. So not one of us are, is an island unto ourselves. I've had situations where young men I've used the excuse that mom and dad was great on Sunday morning in church. But what they saw during the week just turned them off from church to classify Christians as hypocrites and they didn't want anything to do with church. They're watching us, friends. 
They will either be helped in their walk with God or they will be hindered in that walk. There are many things that it would be perfectly lawful for me to do today. But as a Christian, I will not do it because it would offend somebody. If it will result in other believers stumbling in their faith, I will not do it. The Word of God teaches us to have this kind of an attitude. While the spiritual growth and life of others is of immense importance, we are reminded that above all else, our lives are to be pleasing to God. How does this fit into the plan of God's life for me, for you? In the final analysis, he is the, the only one that I have to please. And it pleases God for me to consider my brother and sister in Christ. We are called to live lives that honor him. And uh, for the sound room, I've, I've uh, skipped Mark. Chapter 9 and 1 Corinthians chapter 8, those scriptures there, I'm going to skip them for now. Uh, uh, future judgment number 3, Romans 4, 10 to 12. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bend to me, and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. There's no one going to just get in with a crowd and sort of sneak through. We're going to have to give an account to God, personal account. We do not have the right to play God in the lives of other Christians and pass judgment on them. If a believer is living in open sin and is violating clear biblical standards, principles, then we have an obligation to speak to them about it. But in love and in compassion. Not to condemn, but to be led of the Spirit to draw them back to righteousness. As James 5.20 says, you can be sure that whoever brings a sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about forgiveness of many sins. The least that we can do for any brother and sister is to pray for them. There's coming a day when every person that was ever born into this world will stand before the righteous judge and give an account for our lives. He knows my name. He knows my works. My life is an open book before the Lord, and so is yours. One day, that one that we judged will be to be a sinner and a compromiser may just be dressed in a robe of white. 
in glory. May the Lord help us to stop judging one another and concern ourselves with living the right kind of life before the Lord. So that when we stand before him, we will hear the words of our Lord. Well done, good and faithful servant. Paul's conclusion of Romans chapter 14 is self-explanatory. And for the sake of time today, I'm not going to read it. The context is about food offered to idols and false gods. But the application is anything that would cause someone to stumble. Whatever is done without the conviction that God has approved, it is sin. God has called us to life of unwavering faith in his spoken and written word. It is a willingness to put all of life before God for his approval. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or what we drink, but living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 14 19 says, So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. And verse 20 says, don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. My final remark is this. If such a little thing as what we eat can tear apart the work of the Lord, I wonder, what can judgmentalism Dishonor, disrespect for leadership and authorities, gossip, unforgiveness, character assassination, etc., etc., etc. What can these things do to a body of believers? Let's search our hearts. Let's seek God. Lord, as the, as, as the, the psalmist said, search my heart, O Lord, and know my thoughts and see if there is any wicked way in me. And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, you know what you're doing. We want to stay close to you. And Lord, we want to look past Coal Lake Community Church. 
and look at the vast harvest field of Coal Lake and the Lakeland area and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Bless us, Lord, with your choicest blessings today. Help us to hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.